Welcome to our first season one bonus episode. While Talking Additive is focused on what we are learning from customers, team members, and partners about experiences out in industry, a positive impact of adopting 3D printing, we also want to take some time each season to share updates from inside Ultimaker as well. Moments when we ourselves offer something that we feel contributes significantly to the field. This bonus episode takes us behind the scenes with two of our key staff members responsible for ushering these two new software products into the world, Ultimaker Essentials and Ultimaker Academy. We will also share a few highlights from our launch event itself for context. Let's start things off with one of these launch event highlight clips, an update from Chief Marketing Officer Nuno Campos about Ultimaker Cura. When we were planning this event, we realized that um, although Ultimaker Cura is widely known and used, we haven't really provided really deep insights uh, into our software strategy for quite some time. So let me provide you a quick overview. To do that, I want to answer one simple question. Where are we today with Ultimaker Cura? And here is the short answer. Ultimaker Cura has seen phenomenal growth. But let me give you more detail. Each week, over 3 million slices are made. More than 5 slices every second. Can you believe that? Those slices are made in 197 countries worldwide, which means there are only a few countries where Ultimaker Cura isn't used. Plus, last month, Ultimaker Cura created G-codes for 992 different models of 3D printer. And then on Ultimaker Marketplace, we have 151 predefined optimized print profiles for third-party materials from over 45 leading material companies and 34 plugins, including those that integrate with leading CAD software. Then, on top of all that, last year Ultimaker Cura won 3D printing industry's best software award. Now that's impressive. But what do all those numbers really mean? It means that Ultimaker Cura really is a vehicle for worldwide 3D printing adoption. It also means that this software caters to really diverse user needs. From beginners learning 3D printing at school or university to expert application engineers slicing complex projects for the world's top companies. I met with CMO Nuno Campos shortly after we completed work on the software product launch event. Would you be willing to share your reactions when you first learned that Cura was getting like 3 million and 4 million slices? I was about to jump from my desk and start dancing. Ultimaker Cura is a fantastic product. During COVID period, actually, the peak season, we reached 5 million slices a week. Ultimaker Cura as a contribution of the community, it's open source. It plays a very important role in our portfolio. We have seen a consistent trend since we launched the Ultimaker account. We have seen that more and more users are printing using our software. Uh, and that's fantastic. COVID-19, in the end, drew a lot of attention to, uh, to 3D printing. And that, that uh, was great. We have seen a phenomenal growth month after month. I think this just... The, the peak of a work that we started perhaps nine months ago. And I think COVID-19 amplified that. But all the groundwork and all the consistent growth came actually before COVID-19. But we are thrilled. And, and I think that's a great 
confirmation that uh, Ultimaker Cura it's most likely the best slicing software out there, and and we are very happy to 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 be able to to provide it. We can still uh, satisfy the needs of not only Ultimaker users but also uh, users from uh, other brands. Just a little bit before we're launching Essentials and Ultimaker Academy digital factory launched. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that component fits into things? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. We are very excited about uh, digital factory. Digital factory fundamentally allows for teams management and printers management. Ultimaker exists to transform manufacturing, and that's actually the, the direction we are heading. And Ultimaker Essentials is a part of that strategy. We want to enable basically seamless workflows, no matter where we are in the globe. You can be cooperating with your colleague in Asia Pacific or in America. You can collaborate seamlessly. You can also manage the printers and you can have different teams working. So you can have a team in Europe sending a print job to the United States, for instance. And and that's really powerful. That's really empowering these teams to speed up, to improve their efficiency, to, uh, to uh, reduce time and share the knowledge across the organization. And that's a tremendous advantage that uh, Digital Factory is also enabling. Now let's drop in on Paul, Senior Vice President of Software, to discuss some of his thoughts on Ultimaker Essentials launch in specific. Thank you very much, by the way, for joining in the green room. Right after uh, we complete the process of putting together the new project launch event that hopefully a lot of the listeners will have had a chance to check out by now. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, so my name is Paul Hymons, and I'm uh, responsible for software within Ultimaker. I've been in software development uh, myself uh, for almost 20 years now, and I joined in January 2020. I joined Ultimaker to actually help to strengthen and build out uh, the software proposition. When I joined, obviously at Ultimaker, we already do a lot of work on Cura, which is well appreciated out uh, in the field. And we also already started what we at that time called the MyCloud environment, which had limited options of controlling print jobs from wherever you would be on the world. Traditionally, besides the slicing part, Ultimaker has obviously been very focused on, on building great 3D printers within our open ecosystem. But what I saw and, and what in the company already um, had been done uh, for quite some time is when engaging with customers and actually looking at their an entire workflow, they were still facing challenges to really have this as a streamlined process well embedded in their company. We saw many opportunities there where we as Ultimaker, with the knowledge we have on 3D printing and our printers and the ecosystem around it, could actually help. So the announcement is now out. Essentials has been announced. Your team has been working towards these goals for quite a while now. How does it feel to finally share this new approach to Ultimaker software with the world? Yeah, it's 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 amazing, Matt. So so the team really worked hard on this and we had to do a lot of communications also within the company and to our network. So it was really a lot of work, which now all uh, comes together and we're super happy that we can launch this now and then take a bit of summer holidays 
And then afterwards... Uh, yeah. Well-deserved. Yeah, well-deserved, I think, also for the team. And we'll continue adding features and actually working to bring even more value with our software to our customers. So, so very excited about that. Let's hear a highlight clip from Paul's Ultimaker Essentials announcement for context for our discussion that follows. And we want to deliver value to the entire 3D printing workflow, from identifying which parts to 3D print, from actually designing it, making the CAD drawing, slicing it, managing your print jobs, inspecting the parts, and doing this all over again. And we already have software that helps you there, uh, like Cura and our digital factory. But we want to add even more features to help you. What is now in Ultimaker Essentials? It has Ultimaker Cura Enterprise, the Ultimaker Digital Factory for Organizations, a managed Ultimaker Marketplace, and on top of that, a dedicated support channel, a knowledge base, and we couple it also with learning. And together, these give organizations the tools they need to then scale the benefits of 3D printing and professionalize their infrastructure throughout their company. So it's called Ultimaker Essentials. Can you tell me a little bit about how the name was selected? When we talked to customers, we saw that they were hitting these roadblocks to actually use our software. So in, in that essence, we said, okay, let's name it Essentials because this is the essential set you actually need to use a software in an enterprise-grade environment where you need to uh, comply with IT and compliance uh, uh, policies. And so it's really about that. So let's get the essentials in place. As a first step, we're looking ahead of, of essentials. So we're, we're, we're looking at the next set of features that we want to bring. And we, we built several prototypes for that, which we are actively validating with many of our customers. And there is some yeah, really exciting stuff in there. Essentials is getting the basics in place so that when we have new features, you can actually start consuming them because that's obviously the great thing about software. The teams that built, for example, Digital Factory, when they're done with a feature, they push it to production. We have a modern DevOps approach there. We have uh, sprints of two weeks. As soon as a feature is done, it goes to production. We really want to constantly yeah, bring new features to our customers and then Essentials is just the first step to actually be able to consume those. Essentials really does establish sort of a new baseline for a lot of exciting stuff yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that, that you all have, have in mind. Talk to me about Digital Factory and why that work to relabel and make adjustments to those packages really contribute to this baseline. We want to enable people to design something anywhere on the world and print it anywhere in the world without the need to be at the same physical uh, location. And if I can make the analogy with myself, I have three laptops at home. I have an S3 printer at home, but I also have obviously a print farm in the office. Without the digital factory, I can connect from QR to my printer or use a USB stick. But then if I would need to print on the office, I would need to go to the office to actually put the USB stick in there or use skewer there to print to my printer. And now I can um, design something at home, uh, slice it in Cura and send it to a printer at the office because um, that one has uh, different materials loaded than I have at my home. And I can also monitor the, the progress and also what we will have there and now it's mainly about print jobs. If I need to do something again, I have to think, okay, on which laptop did I actually uh, slice this thing? Because there I will have the correct G-codes. 
but in the future we'll also have a library of parts that you have sliced and and prepared to print so with the digital factory and really looking at several locations to be able to print the same quality exactly the same as you intended it to be it's super uh, convenient to have a way of actually uh, having a library of these parts and then being able to print them when you need it on the printer you wanted to print in a way that you don't need to physically be there we have often also colleagues here uh, especially now in these COVID times that you just know oh these two are in the office so you ring them up can you make sure that it's set up properly and i'll start a print job here and i'll pick it up uh, tomorrow so that's really yeah also <laughs> quite essential if you would ask me to effectively use 3d printing you want to just be able to start a print job from whenever you are wherever you are whenever you need it so you'd mentioned that essentials is going to be setting things for ultimaker software in a position where it's going to be possible to accelerate progress addressing you know this wide range of customer needs you, you talked about some of the upcoming projects that you and your team are going to be doing to learn more and deploy more capabilities, et cetera. Tell me what it means to customers who are adopting us, this milestone of essentials. So the big thing obviously is how with essentials eliminate the barriers to actually use your software within your organization, how you can start using our software, Cure Enterprise, the verified plugins, the digital factory to remotely manage your printers. When we deploy new features, which give you value, uh, you can very easily start using these features. So that really means you can start using more and more features as we bring them to the cloud and also to Cura. Can you tell us a story from the field about customers who are blocked from using Ultimaker Cura in its uh, previous state? or maybe trapped in old versions. Yeah, so, the, so there are several <laughs> stories out there. Hey, you, have, you have the companies where actually IT did install the QRS software on the workstation, but then to get it changed, you need to file a ticket and it can take days uh, at some companies, even weeks to get a change. You need approval, et cetera, et cetera, which can obviously be very frustrating for a, a professional uh, who actually wants to use uh, new features. And that could lead to even uh, people uh, doing work on their home uh, laptop and then just uh, taking the G codes into the company on a USB stick, which is obviously also not secure. Yeah, I, I think this will help uh, big time uh, if you use the automatic distribution with the installer files where IT can just roll it out to the designated workstations. Everybody upgrades at the same time. Yeah, th this will make life a lot easier for several people and preventing them to figure out all kinds of workarounds because uh, in general, people still want to do what they want to do, right? So, so often they do find workarounds. And uh, I think uh, in this way, uh, we can be productive in a compliant way. It's helpful to hear uh, from the field what the experiences were in the past. It's going to be nice for those same IT teams to now be able to take a look at really offerings that are meant for them and uh, easy for them to, to deploy. One of the, the key groups of people that we've been emphasizing a lot in the, the new product launch that we you know, just had here uh, is IT departments and IT admins. Talk to me a little bit about what it means to businesses now that Ultimaker Software really speaks well to IT admins. Yeah, so I remember when I had to use software in the past, which was not 
approved, you need to get a waiver and there is all kinds of stuff around it or, or even you are not allowed to do it. People get annoyed and then people will say it's a mess and that's really not helpful if you are this champion in the company that wants to spread 3D printing, right? So, so that's not helping you to make your case. So if you get supported software and if in your company IT needs to control who can actually access uh, the printer to print by a proper admin role, that really helps you to make your case, right? And we're even testing out now how far we need to go in terms of, uh, in Essentials, we have this organizational admin. So this role can set up uh, users and attach them to teams where in, in, in the next step, we're looking, do we need to add the printer management role? Uh, so for example, IT would then add the users, but then the printer manager role, this person could actually uh, add new printers to the environment, these kind of things. So how uh, you can make access management obviously very granular so people can uh, do it as they think it's most effective for them, they could also give the role to everybody if they're if they're fairly open and they just say, hey, we don't care, then just give everybody the role. So hey, we're checking how far we need to go for the majority of our customers, but that will really help you to unlock access to 3D printing, even at one location with multiple printers, but even more if you have several locations around the globe. Do you, do you think this is even useful for like a single office with like a couple of printers? Yeah, I, I think I think even for very small teams, it makes sense to just print. Uh, even in my house, I always print via the digital factory because my printer shows up as a cloud printer in Cura and I just print via that route. And uh, if I'm in the train, I can check out with the webcam view if it's still uh, going well. So for my daughter, I can print wherever I am on my printer at home, it's pretty normal, actually. She would expect that. That's wonderful. And I think that's that that's just the way the world is now. Yeah. So whatever we can do there to enable collaboration, give easier access, save costs at company, are compliant with IT and compliancy, whatever helps people to start doing more 3D printing, obviously, is our mission. I love the story of your daughter just... You know, being like, oh, yeah, another remote print, you know, from somewhere across the world happening. Of course, it's just, you know, an another day of the week. What are some thoughts that you have about how Essentials offers new behaviors and new approaches for organizations? In current COVID-19 times, people are working from many different locations and we have printers at several locations. And with Essentials, we really bring you enterprise-grade software which enables your teams to actually collaborate with each other, work wherever they want to, whenever they want to, prepare 3D printing G-codes and actually start the print job themselves at another location. The only thing they need to make sure is that at that location, there is somebody to load material if it's not loaded. But for the rest, they can really fully work from home and still be productive while printing on the print firm in the factory or at work. Doing this in a secure, enterprise-grade way with access to learning, with the means of filing support tickets, this is really about getting these professionals productive. And while all these features were sketched out in advance of the current 
COVID-19 disruption, it does seem that these kind of tools will be a really good match for the adjustments in how business is done now and, and in the upcoming months. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. That I think our mission to uh, enable the t- transformation to digital manufacturing is really very much in line with that, right? You don't want to be dependent uh, of, on a physical location where everything needs to be together to actually uh, get your job done. Hey, you want to be able to do that from wherever in the world um, in an effective way, in a secure way. And, and, and that's, that's all what, what Essentials is about. Do you want to talk about the kind of steps that Ultimaker has taken to make sure that the software is really stable and really safe? Yeah, yeah. So, so what most companies do, and we did it as well, you have heavily specialized independent uh, firms, which you can actually contract, and then they uh, will check your code, and they will actually do a penetration test uh, where they where they will try to break stuff <laughs> to, to do things they they should not be allowed to do. And then based on that, you always have findings. I've never seen once where you, where you don't have findings and they classify them from high, critical, high, medium, low. I'm not going to say the exact details, but we did. Actually, in the initial round, we already did fairly well, but obviously we had findings and everything above low has been uh, resolved. Oh, nice. Where the team did a good where the team did a good job and, and, and you can never say you're 100% safe and secure because nobody knows but we really did our best and with every major release we repeat this exercise yeah, so we we they will check again if there would be findings we will actually fix them and yeah this is yeah i think also very fairly normal for enterprise grade software so i'm very happy uh, we did that and we invest in that how many people at ultimaker are dedicated to software it's a pretty sizable team at this point. Is that correct? We actually have several teams on, on software. and not talking about the firmware, yes. but, but just about Cura and Digital Factory and the Marketplace. Um, yeah, we have, we have several teams on that. And obviously, we have, we have also the community on the Cura part, which I cannot stress enough, which is yeah, super awesome. So we invest heavily on, on Cura. It's open source, but, but we have a very large team on it but they indeed get many pull requests from the community which really yeah have helped to make cura at the maturity level it is now and the team and the community can be part of that and that's also something we at ultimaker and and myself personally as well find super important and we'll, we'll keep on on doing that because i think it's really valuable so we want to con- contribute to the community as well and yeah with this enterprise version we just add an enterprise yes, sauce or flavor, if you would like, around it. Uh, but that, that doesn't stop us from, yeah, we, we'll, be, we'll be heavily investing in the future as well in, in, the, in the open version. As Ultimaker in general, uh, why do we have several teams in software? Because we think we can bring value with software and help us on our mission and accelerate our customers and bring value. It's, it's more than just the printer. And the materials, right? Everything around it will help you to make 3D printing a success. The software is one of the pillars uh, in there. Oh, that's a pretty much a perfect point of transition to the, the next topic I want to cover, which is talking about potential impact on business. With the launch of Essentials and all the related uh, factors, looks like this will 
be a new baseline for how Ultimaker you know, creates and launches software to serve enterprise and, and business and educational institutions, et cetera. What are some of the impacts that you're expecting that both this state of the product and the future development of software will have on some of the Ultimaker customers? Yeah, for a fair set of customers, this will enable them to actually uh, use our software because they were not allowed before. <laughs> so that, that's, I think, uh, that's, a, that's a, good one. a big step forward. For other customers, perhaps they were already using it, but IT was very annoyed that they were. <laughs> so so I think they can be friends with IT and perhaps compliancy again, which is also uh, good to be, right? Give me software that works and that's properly integrated and, and helps me to do my job and helps me to collaborate and helps me to make sure that I get faster to a decent print. And so in the end, I save time, I save material, I, I save myself that I'm annoyed, uh, especially in this COVID-19 times, it has been proven again eh, that it's really not good to be dependent. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you need a controlled, repeatable process, and not only on the printer to actually get the same part every time, but, but also in the workflow to make sure that people take the correct part and and that it's printed out properly and if there is something they can say something about it and then somebody else will fix it people can just choose to use our software both the screens and the backend functionality or they say i have something else for this but i want to integrate it with with the digital factory to get the correct data for the printers etc so I think there will be various ways of working and there are various ways of maturity in companies and we want to give this set of tools, which they can either use all or they can use parts of it, whatever they think that makes sense to do the stuff they need to do. And I think that's, that's where we want to bring value. So we talked a little bit about the expanding stakeholders of who can, who can use 3D printers and how, from a certain perspective, stability of software is really an access question. Now, a lot of these customers who had trickier ways to even get permission to use it. They can point to how the software is made and they can integrate to the system. Uh, what are some things that are going to be coming up for you and your team uh, in the coming months after the announcement? Yeah, a, a good question. We actually were validating now several prototypes with approximately 25 customers from all segments. So we're having active interviews with these customers where we show them the prototypes and check in what features would help them the most, what would bring the most value. And we're shaping up, let's say, an MVP of the next big thing after Essentials. And you can think of features of job scheduling from the cloud, preventive maintenance statistics, and many other features. And it's all about defining which ones to build first so we can uh, deliver these to our customers. Oh, fantastic. That That's really great news, especially uh, from the uh, institutions that are really excited about the capabilities that even Essentials will offer now to see that this is a trajectory uh, that Ultimaker is following that's going to be catering to all of the needs across such a diverse uh, set of customers. Well, thank you very much for joining me again today to get a couple more details. Um, it, it was very productive. Thank you, Matt, for all the work you do. I really appreciate it. Uh, really nice. Really, really. <laughs> Excellent. And finally, we return to CMO Nuno Campos to discuss the Ultimaker Academy. Let's start with a key highlight clip from his product announcement for context. 
you might be surprised to learn that enterprise IT integration isn't actually the biggest barrier to accelerating the growth of 3D printing today. With every company we work with, we see a common trend. Many businesses could benefit from 3D printing, but a lack of knowledge among employees is preventing or slowing adoption. To confirm this trend in August last year, we commissioned an independent research company to survey over 1,200 professionals around the world. And we published the results in the Ultimaker 3D Printing Sentiment Index. As part of this survey, we also learned that 41% agreed with the statement, the number of people in our business who know very little about the technology is challenging. 40% also said, we currently lack the skills to make the best use of 3D printing. And a huge 69%, more than two-thirds, consider lack of knowledge to be a barrier to 3D printing adoption, making it the single biggest adoption barrier overall. I wonder if this also sounds familiar to you. What if there was a way to increase knowledge of 3D printing across the whole organization? So managers could train employees to the same level of knowledge. Well, today I'm thrilled to announce the Ultimaker 3D Printing Academy, an e-learning platform that helps businesses maximize the value of 3D printing and transform your designers and engineers into a team of rapidly iterating, highly innovative, revenue-generating 3D printing experts. Let's shift now uh, to talking about Ultimaker's approach to training and instructional resources and the, the context for Ultimaker Academy. So first of all, from your perspective, having been a huge part of shaping how Ultimaker presents itself to its world and its customers. What do you see as Ultimaker's role in terms of teaching, training, and instructing in terms of our products and best practices out in the field as, as Ultimaker? That's a great question. And uh, I mean, I could spend hours uh, talking about that. Roughly uh, nine months ago, we built a small team. Uh, very nimble, very fast, but a small team. And then we worked uh, with the different departments uh, and with the different teams in, inside Ultimaker that help us to make the final result better. We do have uh, support from experts in terms of designing the courses, but all the work is done, all the content creation is done internally by the Ultimaker team. Depending on the topic, we can be talking to materials specialists or hardware specialists or application engineers or business developers. And, and from that point, we clearly establish that we want to be active in three main areas of e-learning. First, we want to provide value to our customers who buy our printers. That's why we have created the learning plans for product onboarding. Almost like if we have a personal trainer guiding you through the process. That's the ultimate goal. We did research and a lot of those insights highlighted the need to have role-based courses. Think about an IT administrator who needs help and guidance to set up the software and the printers. Think about the printer operator in a factory. We also see a growing 
role for application engineers, uh, finding different applications, new ones, improving existing processes. So we wanted to prepare the application engineers of the future. We also thought it would be great to have topic-based courses. Uh, we are working on a, a great course. We call it Design for FFF, later uh, Materials for FFF. We also have a course for Advanced Cura. Cura is very powerful. Perhaps 10% of the users actually go into depth with all the possibilities. It's a very sophisticated tool. I think our developers, they do a great job there. We are starting step-by-step. Step. We start with essentials, with actually a course for IT admin. Product registrations, if you purchase an Ultimaker printer, you can register your printer and you have access to the uh, your onboarding course. This is amazing. I mean, it's such a bold, ambitious project. And uh, a lot of content is clearly coming down the pipeline. I want to take one step back and, and talk really high level about this. How did Ultimaker arrive at the decision to really develop a full e-learning platform offering? Last year, we released the Ultimaker 3D Printing Sentiment Index. We released it during Forum Next and... And the the, re, the reception was mind-blowing, not only from the insights that it provided, but also what it provided to us. And, and basically, we, we have been able to understand what's the percentage that of companies that are just starting, what's the percentage of companies that actually have a full process for 3D printing in, in terms of being integrated in their manufacturing strategy. So we, we looked to this, and then we also asked the question, what can the industry do to accelerate? How can you walk faster? How can you adopt faster and, and go higher in the value chain? The, the trigger was knowledge. Knowledge is our biggest barrier. And that's when we got uh, fired up to really take on this challenge. Internally, we love big challenges. And my team particularly, we like to build stuff. And we went and did it in less than a year approximately nine months from findings to the moment where we are this week, launching the Academy. Other platforms, they always present some limitations to what we wanted to do. We wanted to have control on the content, and it's really hard to teach 3D printing. So we thought this is better for us to do internally and build a small team that just focused on this. We work with in multidisciplinary teams, so we have a great teamwork with other parts of the company, and that that is working. The, the end result, it's absolutely fantastic. One last topic on the academy right here: the role of certifications and testing. How did Ultimaker arrive at that as being a key goal? Certifications. Since the beginning, we said we need to certify our users. So that's why we put such a big effort in making sure that we have the best courses in the industry. We want to certify great professionals because this is a technical industry. It's a crucial component. What are the real impacts on business and enterprise that you're expecting to happen as a result of these new software products? If we look to the impact of 3D printing in general, obviously, there is a lot of value to organizations. Typically, you reduce your costs, you reduce the time that you need, you find different ways of working. And I would say those are short-term value gains, short to mid-term. But 
ultimately what you can enable is also long term you allow companies to stay one step ahead of the competition we allow companies to reinvent themselves reinvent the way they did things in the past and we enable customers to transform their businesses for the better i think we enable that really well with hardware with 3d printers I think on the material side, we did an amazing work by creating the Material Alliance, by bringing more than 130 party materials from other brands. And, and that is very important because when we think about network effects, we, I always think in terms of, well, more materials will enable more applications. More applications will attract more people to the market, to the industry. And, and hopefully they will uh, select Ultimaker as a trusted partner. We are uh, stepping up the game on the, on the software side. But at the same time, we also want to address and attract more customers using the academy because that will also allow us to give them great contents, allowing them to progress in their careers. But along the way, they will also be exposed to our brand values, to our brand, to our product. And ultimately, uh, we will win their trust and they will become customers. So it's a, long, it's a long answer, I understand. It's also a big question. But I think uh, we are just putting the last pieces of the puzzle together so that we can provide a tremendous experience and transformation to enterprises. So having just you know, completed the launch of these two products... And, you know, and all the, the bundle components that are included within them. What, what are some of the features that you're most excited about that you feel will have the biggest impact on our customers? Well, three elements. One very much short term, and that is the fact that, that we are releasing Ultimaker Cure Enterprise under an MSI format, which complies entirely with all the IT regulations that are uh, common in the enterprise market. That is a very short-term but very important benefit. Tremendous value there. Looking to long-term and to the prospects of what we are envisioning, I love digital factory. I think the power of putting people working together in different places and the power of being able to send print jobs from one continent to another, I'm just thrilled with that. That is a game changer and it will truly enable companies to transform themselves. We, we are inviting them to rethink the way they currently operate. I think we have seen one of, one of the impacts from COVID-19 is that everyone works remotely and the impact is not as bad as some people thought it will, it will be. So there is value in that. I think users got used to work remotely uh, and I think... Ultimaker Digital Factory will enable that. And I find that fantastic. The third element is the academy. There it's, I cannot, I find it difficult to express in words the excitement we feel because really with the Ultimaker 3D Printing Academy, we are enabling knowledge. We will we have great courses. Some of them are role-based, so we are creating courses for uh, currently the IT admin. Uh, but there will be printer operator. We will have a course uh, for application engineers. 
We will also uh, have courses for education. We will have topic-specific or uh, topic-based courses like design for FFF, materials for FFF, advanced Cura. And, and really, this is when you say that still two-thirds of companies don't use 3D printing and the biggest challenge is knowledge. Well, I think the team, my team feels extremely empowered and happy that we can contribute to the expansion of knowledge from from uh, um, from everyone that wakes us up in the morning super excited well uh speaking of satisfying lots of users would you like to go over the timeline for rolling this out again because we have digital factory that is currently out we have the announcements of essential and academy now and the first module of Ultimaker Academy now being available for training the IT team. But where do we go from here to the, you know, the full launch of Essentials and Academy? The launch schedule is, is, is quite straightforward. We, are, we launched Essentials and 3D Printing Academy on July 14th. We need to see uh, this launch as a better period. We call internally, we call it the early access, but uh, it's in the end, it's a better period. And from July until October, we will have that. Customers can register. The access will be free of charge. There is a, a validation process by our channel partners. And once the account is certified and created, customers will be able to use it for free until October. Then in October, we will launch two levels of uh, subscriptions. Most likely, we will bundle more courses in the Academy. That's the plan. So, uh, Nunu, thank you very much for joining and sharing some additional thoughts uh, on these new products we just launched. Uh, this is very helpful, and I think listeners of Talking Additive will really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. I, I really enjoyed my time here. Love sharing our vision and our our perspective, how we can transform more companies in manufacturing. And uh, so, very happy to be here. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks again to Nuno Campos and Paul Hammonds from Ultimaker for joining us for this special software product launch bonus episode. Make sure to visit Ultimaker.com to see the latest launch details related to Ultimaker Essentials and Ultimaker Academy. Next week, we return with episode nine of Talking Additive, which will explore the role of additive technology within global architectural practice powerhouse Cone Peterson Fox Associates, KPF who have taken the innovative approach to bring accessible 3D printers into the design studio across multiple offices in multiple countries to accelerate design processes and communication around projects for buildings of all types and scales and in all geographic regions. We explore these topics and more on Talking Additive. Enjoy our show? Subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. And we'd appreciate it if you would post a review to Apple Podcasts or wherever you prefer listening. Join the conversation about additive manufacturing by subscribing today at TalkingAdditive.com. 
Thanks again to Paul and Nuno for your behind-the-scenes insights for this episode. Thanks also to series producer Hannah Takini, studio manager David Roberson, executive producer Nuno Campos, and a thank you to Brian Scarry and Giulio Carmasi of Hummingbird's Custom Music and Sound for the episode Music. I am host and producer Matt Griffin, and thank you again to our listeners. On Talking Additive, we hold conversations with colleagues and customers about 3D printing's impact on business.